you'd like to make a monthly pledge, uh, there's some sheets out there. Fill it out and just put it in the uh, offering box that's sitting right there next to it. And 100 percent of what you pledge will go to to that ministry. Uh, so if anybody's still thinking about that, I just want to remind you, you have another opportunity uh, for that. And we'll be starting that in September. So if you make a pledge, say, I want to give $50 a month, $20 a month, whatever, it'll start in September. All right. And also the love and respect uh, sheets are out there. Fill those out and put them also in the offering box, one of them, and then we'll, we'll get those as well. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to continue today after I pray. Um, but we're going to continue today on why tongues started that last week and I wasn't intending for it to be a series, but it turned out to be. So we're going to keep running with it. I believe the Lord has some things he wants to encourage us with in a wonderful way. So what I want to ask you to do right now, like what we did last time, go ahead and stand up with me. As I was talking about a little bit last week. Uh, there are two, there are more than one expression of tongues, of the gift of tongues. One is tongues with the intending, intention for it to be interpreted. In other words, in the service, someone speaks out in tongues, and then there needs to be interpreta- interpretation of that so that people can be edified, so people understand what's going on. If someone just breaks out in tongues and we're all listening, none of us knows what's going on, and then we're not edified. That person may be edified, but we're not edified. There's another expression of tongues, which is our prayer language. And that's what um, Morgan was talking about. When you have a, a prayer language, a gift from God to speak and pray in an unknown language that you know not of, but it's to build and edify you. And that's what I want to encourage you to do right now. We're going to pray to build ourselves up. This is what Marie was talking about last week when she said when we were praying in tongues. Remember that? She said, let's build ourselves up. We're praying in tongues. That's when her back was healed. And so I want to encourage you, as we're, what we're going to be doing, the Bible says, he who prays in tongues, he edifies, builds himself up. What I want to encourage you to do, as we're praying in tongues together, our own prayer language, you're allowing yourself to be built up, opening yourself up so the Holy Spirit can speak to you what he wants to speak to you today. Okay? If you have a gift, of, if you have a prayer language, I want to encourage you to pray in your prayer language. If you do not, just open yourself and say, Lord, I ask you to speak to me today. I want everything you have for me today. Okay? Let's just begin to do that. We just open ourselves up to you right now, Father. Thank you, Lord God. We just open ourselves up to you and ask you to speak to us, Father, in the name of Jesus. We praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, thank you for this opportunity today. We ask that you would speak to us. Father, it is all about you. It is all about your kingdom. And Lord, we thank you that you are teaching us more and more how to submit to you, how to, how to line up with what you are doing. Lord, because our heart's desire is to do your will, not only to know your will, but to do your will. 
Because you said, do not be foolish, but know what the will of the Lord is, O God. And you wouldn't tell us that unless you made it available for us to know your will. So, Lord, we say, here we are. We want to know your will so we can do it, Father. Just like Todd shared earlier, Father, whatever it is, we thank you that you're going to give us the grace to follow through with what you tell us to do. So we open our hearts, say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Let your kingdom come and be established here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Last week, we we covered two things. I didn't even get to what I was really wanting to get to. So um, hopefully I'll get to that today. But kind of regrouping. If you weren't here last week, uh, I'd encourage you to listen to the sermon. You can go on the Internet and download it, listen to it, uh, ncfok.org. But two things we covered last week was, one, is tongue still for today? Because in, in, in a number of churches, they teach that the gift of tongues, as well as the other spiritual gifts, have passed away. And one of the scriptures they use, I believe the main scripture they use, is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, I believe. It's around there somewhere when it says, actually, let me turn there real quick so I don't have to guess what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Love never fails, but wherever there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. And they use those verses right there to say that when the perfect comes, we won't need tongues and prophecy and all that kind of stuff anymore. And their interpretation of the perfect is the word of God. Now that we have the scriptures, we have God's direct revelation to us, then we don't need the gifts of the spirit. We don't need prophecy. So therefore, when this comes, what you have now, then tongues will go away. Prophecy will go away. And if you're going to be consistent with that verse, then you have to say knowledge will go away, too. You've got to be consistent, Right. Has knowledge gone away? No. Do we still need knowledge? Yes. Need that. So I believe what the Bible's teaching is the perfect is when Jesus comes back. When we're with him, then we're not going to need prophecy. If I'm sitting there looking face to face to Jesus, I'm not going to need Edwin to give me a prophecy about what the Lord wants to say to me. Right? Are you with me? So anyway, we talked about that last week. Um, it also wouldn't make sense right in the middle of the love chapter, which we call 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, where it talks about that. But also in chapters 12 and chapters 14, it talks about the proper use of tongues and the gifts of the spirit. It talks about for the edification in the body and how to use that and all that kind of stuff. So why would the very Bible that we have teach us how to use those gifts effectively if they're gone? That didn't make any sense. So anyway, gifts are for the tongues are for today. The gifts of the spirit are for today. The other thing we talked about was that some people say, okay, well, I can agree with. The fact that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. Tongues is for today. But I don't believe that tongues is for everybody. And we talked about that a little bit out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse, looking at verse 29. And it says, are all, actually, backing up to verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Then it says, are all apostles? And the answer is no, because it's a, what's that word again? Rhetorical question? Is that right? Where the answer is obvious? It says, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Now, it doesn't say no in the Bible, but that's what it's inferring. Are all workers of, a mir- of miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. 
And so they look at that verse right there and say, see, it says, do all speak with tongues. And they know that um, it means, no, not everybody speaks in tongues. And what we talked about last week is right here, he's talking about um, uh, gifts to the church. Practical or not practical, but uh, public gifts to the church. So he, you know, the the body, uh, the Lord has given apostles to the church. He's given prophets to the church. He's given teachers to the church. He's given those that there are there are people who have the working of miracles. That is their ministry. It's a gift. It's a public ministry gift that the Holy Spirit has given them. Uh, some have the gifts of healing. And then, so in this context, when it's talking about tongues, it's talking about the public ministry gift of tongues. That's what not everybody's going to be doing. But, as I mentioned earlier, there are different, there's, you know, gift of tongues, but there are different expressions of tongues. One is the public ministry, which is when someone uh, speaks a tongue and then someone gives up, gets up and gives the interpretation. And I shared a couple of testimonies and I did talk to the two brothers. I, I shared a story from Bill Woods and then I shared a story from uh, John Mackley, how I shared, you know, that Bill Woods was worshiping on his guitar and he was singing in the spirit in his heavenly language. And then he found out afterwards that they, I guess it was at a pastor's conference and there were 50. And I can't remember the name of the Indian tribe that, that they were. But they told him that he was singing in their Indian dialect, which he did not know. And I wanted to verify because I thought, you know what? I know I heard that testimony. How many of you guys remember the testimony when Bill Wood shared that years ago? Anybody remember that? When he said, okay, some of you do. Well, after I shared that, I thought, you know what? Was I really accurate? <laughs> so I... Facebooked Bill a couple of days ago and I said, hey, Bill, I remember this testimony that you shared about such and such and such and such. Did I get that right or was I did I miss it? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Just like that. He was singing in the spirit. You know, he's leading worship. Then he's singing in, in the spirit and then he began to sing in this language that he knew not of. And the pastors were different ones were coming up saying, hey, I didn't know you knew our language and you were singing. He said, what was I singing? He said, you were singing of the glories of God. And then John Mackley, I talked to John Mackley this week because I thought, you know, I should have talked to him before. But you know how you get excited and you just blurt things out. It's like, oops, I better. Because I want to make sure what I share is accurate, that I'm not just making stuff up. And I talked to John. I said, John, you remember that story when you shared about, or when uh, Dale, I believe you were, I can't remember if I was there or not. But I know you were involved and Daniel Caroma and, and John Mackley and, in the prayer room. You remember that? And we're praying for Daniel or somebody was praying for Daniel about the transition coming from uh, Romania, and he was praying for leaders, setting up leaders in the church. Do you remember that situation? You don't remember? Okay. John did. He, he remembers. So anyway, I talked to John, and I, I, I couldn't remember if I was there or not. But the point was, I said, John, do you remember that? And Daniel was saying, when you guys were praying over him, John started praying in tongues and everything, and Daniel said that to John, you were praying, you were speaking in Romanian, or that language. And, and he said, well, what was I saying? And he was Praying in Romanian the very thing that Daniel requested prayer for. But John didn't know that and, and all that. And so I asked John about that. I said, John, is that true? Was that accurate? He said, yeah, I remember that. And that he said, oh, I got more. And if you know John Mackley, you can appreciate it. He's got awesome, <laughs> awesome testimony. I said, give me another one. And he said, uh, when he used to go to Victory Church, Eric Pitzer was the pastor back then. And he was in there and it was a, a man. I um, can't remember where the man was from, but... Anyway, John just felt this desire to start speaking in tongues, started praying in tongues, speaking in tongues. I can't remember if this was in the context of a service or what the circumstances were. He didn't give me all the details. But anyway, after he did that, the guy looked at him real strangely and come to find out that this guy spoke Portuguese. 
And John was speaking, and he said, I didn't know you spoke Portuguese. He said, I don't speak Portuguese. <laughs> he said, you were speaking Portuguese because I speak Portuguese. And then he told them what he was, what he was saying. So anyway, so that, that's a, and then we see in, in Acts chapter 2 when the tongues of fire appeared on their heads and they all got baptized in the Holy Ghost, began speaking tongues. And, and people from all over the world heard them speaking their dialect. So that's an expression of the gift of tongues. That's one. Public demonstration, public ministry, public gift. That's the one that is talking about in 1 Corinthians 12, 29. Not everybody's going to do that. But I also believe in chapter 14, it, believe, it teaches that everybody, and I believe it's God's desire and his will, for every saint, every child of his, to have the gift of tongues, their prayer language. You with me so far? And that's what I want to I want to get into more today. And there's been so much controversy and there's so much debate on this. And, and it's so frustrating, so sad that it shouldn't be. But there is. And this is one of the hot topics. And so as a result, I believe it's caused us as as, uh, you know, those of us who believe in the gift of speaking tongues, we kind of shrink back. You know, we kind of become intimidated because we don't want to cause problems. We want to get along. And so I don't want this to be the thing that's going to cause us not to get along. And it shouldn't be something that causes disunity. But we shouldn't be ashamed of it. We shouldn't be afraid of it. We shouldn't be intimidated that God wants to bless us with this gift and we use it. And there's a reason why he's given it to us. And one thing I want to make clear, that this gift, having it or not having it, one, it doesn't have anything to do with salvation. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. Did you hear that? Some people believe that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not born again, not going to heaven, you're going to hell. I do not believe that. And I don't believe the Bible teaches that. So if you have issue with that, come and talk to me about that. Okay? I just want to make that perfectly clear so there's no misunderstanding. I do not believe that. So if you don't speak in tongues, it does not mean you're not born again. Is that clear? Okay. That's clear. And so actually turn over. What I want to deal with today, I really want to get into the benefits. Why tongues? What's the big deal? Why should I speak in tongues? I can take it or leave it. It's not that big a deal. I really believe it is a big deal. And I'm starting to understand it's a bigger deal than I've even realized and that we even realize. And yeah, there's one other thing I did want to say about that before I move on. Is also being spirit filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues, having it or not having it, has nothing to do with your value or your worth in the kingdom has nothing to do with your value in God's eyes or in the kingdom. So in other words, people who are filled, have to get the tongues, are first class. People who don't are second class. And someday they'll join us and be first class like us. It ain't like that. I know people who aren't spirit-filled with the gift of speaking in tongues. That their character, their godly character, shames some of the godly character that I, or lack thereof, of some of the people that I do know that speak in tongues. So tongues doesn't have anything to do with your character. Because there are men and women of God that we all know that don't believe that particular thing or this particular thing, but yet they love God with all their heart and they're awesome, wonderful saints. So it doesn't have anything to do with our value or our worth. So I want, I'm saying all this so that we can put these things aside so there's no pressure that if I don't get this, if I don't do this, then I'm not valuable. God's not going to like me and all that kind of stuff. It has nothing to do with that. It's just I believe it's a tool, it's a gift that he wants to give us so that we can be more effective, so we can be built up, so we can be kingdom builders and see God do incredible stuff through us. Okay? You with me so far still? All right. Those of you who were here last week, I'm glad you're here again. That means I didn't scare you off. 
And I want to talk about the benefits of tongues. Why pray in tongues? Turn over to 1 Corinthians 14. I had some handouts last week that were on the table out there. Was there anybody who wanted one, but by the time you got out there, there weren't any left? Does anybody want one of those? Because if, if I need to make any more, okay. At least one. Okay. What I'll, um, okay. What I'll, try, what I'll do is, is make those available. Uh, they won't be available today, actually, but I'll make them available soon. So at least we'll have them next week and then even throughout the week. We'll get them this week and then have them out there. So if you stop by through the church or whatever. It's some really good information that I found on the internet, really uh, scripturally sound, good stuff about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidence of speaking in tongues. Okay. Chapter 14, 1 Corinthians, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Verse 2, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. And reading on, Verse 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. One benefit right there. He who speaks in an unknown tongue, and again, I believe he's talking about the prayer language, that expression, edifies, builds himself up. Builds himself up. How many of you need to be built up every now and then? Okay, those of you who didn't raise your hands, I want you to pray for me. That means you don't need to be built up, and I want what you got. But we do need to be built up. And see, one thing that people, I believe, have a problem when they look at this, if you look at this chapter, people believe or come away with the thought that that Paul is saying that prophecy is the main thing and tongues is insignificant. Because look what Paul's saying. He would rather us prophesy than pray in tongues. Paul's talking, you got to look at the context. In a context of a ministry setting like this, Paul says, I'd rather you prophesy than speak in tongues because if you prophesy in the language that everybody understands, then everybody's going to be edified. But if you get up and start speaking in tongues and there's no interpretation, nobody understands, nobody's edified. Nobody's edified. Wonderful example that my brother shared with me yesterday. He didn't know this is an example, but he shared, we were out at the mayor's welcome yesterday and there were all kinds of wonderful people from all over the world. It was really cool. Multicultural. It was awesome. Anybody go last night? Mayor's welcome. But people from everywhere. I met this guy from um, Finland. And uh, anyway, but the funny thing I thought was, was uh, Daniel was with George Bakalu, Bazingo, and another brother uh, from, was he from Cameroon? From Cameroon. <laughs> anyway, uh, I really appreciate Anthony. He's so awesome because he's very aggressive and, and, and connecting people with the kingdom of God and everything. And I appreciate that. But he was hanging out with these guys, and he got them all connected. You know, George and, and this other brother, he was trying to get him to introduce everything because he's from Africa and everything. Well, then what happened was, see, they were all speaking English because they could all understand. But when they, these three African brothers realized that they all spoke French, they started speaking French. <laughs> and poor Anthony's like, hey, wait a minute, I don't speak French. <laughs> come on, guys, come back to my planet. Let's, you know. And I happened to be standing there, and he was like, man, what if they just left me out? How do I know they're not talking about me or something? You know? And I just thought it was comical. But the point is, he wasn't edified. All of a sudden, his edification level went down. <laughs> Way down. He had no idea what was going on. Like, come on, guys. Come on. And the same thing can happen in the church. If someone gets them to start speaking in tongues, 
We're like, what is edification level goes down unless someone interprets. It's like, oh, okay, I understand. I understand. So he's not putting prophecy better than tongues or vice versa, but in the context of the situation. And that's what we have to look at, the context of the situation. You know, because Paul said over in, is it 18, verse 18, one of my favorite verses. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Paul was making this declaration to the, to the, now this letters to the body of Christ. So he sent to all these people, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. I don't think that was a boastful thing. I think it was like he was so excited. I prayed in tongues more than you all. However, in the church. So when he was talking about praying in tongues more than you all, he wasn't talking about praying in tongues more than you all in the church. Talking about private. He prays in tongues. I pray in tongues more than you all. He prays in tongues all, a lot. Now, of course, I'm, this is my speculation. He says, however, in the church, I would rather speak. What does he say? I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach also other than 10,000 words in tongues. So in other words, in the church, it's important that everyone's built up and edified. So in the church, I need to speak in the language you all understand. But hey, when I'm on my own, I'm tearing tongues up. That's my interpretation of what Paul was saying. And the thing about that, it caught me a while ago when Paul said that I really jumped out. Why does Paul pray in tongues so much? In other words, what benefit, especially if it's private, if it's by himself. And I believe Paul had a revelation that we don't have. He had an understanding about this that we don't have. Remember, he was a man that was caught up into the third heaven. And he saw some stuff that he's like, whoa, we can't even talk about this. It was so much. I mean, the dude wrote a lot of, a lot of stuff in the Bible. But it was so much that, he, that the Lord had to humble him so that he wouldn't exalt himself. So he saw some pretty cool stuff I would be willing to to bet. And so I believe that he had an understanding, a greater understanding of the benefits of speaking in tongues. And that's why he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. And one of the benefits is he says it. the word says it in verse four, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. I'm gonna stop right there. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, builds himself up. <laughs> so if you need to be built up, if you're a Christian and you need to be built up at any point in time, a way that God has given for that to happen is your prayer language speaking tongues. But according to some doctrines, that's for only some Christians because some Christians need edifying and some don't. So wouldn't you be willing to say with me that all Christians need edifying at one point in time or another? So then why would God say, I have a gift that's going to edify and build you up, but it's only for half of you? Or if it's only for part of you. That didn't make sense, does it? Okay, good. Not supposed to make sense. Another scripture in Jude chapter 20, or Jude verse 20. He says, Beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So we see that one of the benefits of tongues is it builds us up, it edifies us, builds us up, edifies us, builds us up, edifies us, builds our faith, builds our faith, builds our faith, builds our faith. See, that's why I asked you guys to pray in tongues a few minutes ago before we started. That right there is why. If it's building your faith and building you up, then guess what? You're going to have a greater capacity to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to give you. The Bible says that when he who prays in the tongues edifies himself, that word edifies is 
I forgot to look it all up, but I heard it before. It's, it's building an edifice. It's building a structure. It's like when you're praying in tongues, you're building a structure. Structure for what? To house something. To house what? I believe to house what, what God is about to drop into you, what he wants to give to you. You're building a, a container to embrace what God wants to give you. So the more you pray in tongues, the bigger the container. The more you can hold. The more you can hold. Paul says, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. And it's pretty interesting. I've been praying in tongues these last three weeks more than I ever have. Ever. Ever. Now, I have, to, I have a confession to make. The Bible says confession is good for the soul. No, that's what man says. The Bible says confession is good <laughs> for healing and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to confess so I can have some good stuff. Anyway, I like sports. I enjoy sports. What are you laughing at? I enjoy sports. And so in my spare time when I'm driving to and fro, I like to turn on the sports radio and listen to hear what's happening with the OSU Cowboys and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's just fun to listen to sports radio. But every time, and it even happened again this week, every time I reach for the dial to turn on the sports radio, it says pray in tongues. And so instead of turning it on, I've been praying in tongues. Over and 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 over. On the way here this morning, I had two of my sons with me. I said, hey, let's pray. I said, it's time to pray in tongues. So we turn on worship music and just start praying in tongues. And I started doing it. And the other one started doing it. And the other one is getting closer. Praying for him. But just praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And I believe I'm starting to understand some of the benefits of what's happening as I'm praying in tongues. One of the benefits is I'm starting to hear clearer. How many of us want to hear, and I'm not asking you to read, this is a rhetorical question, because I know the answer, but how many of us want to hear God more? We say, man, I want to hear God. I want to, I want to hear God. Well, the Bible says that if we're his sheep, we can hear him. We can hear him. So if he says we can hear him and he wants us to hear him, then there's something blocking us from hearing him. And one is we don't have confidence that we can hear him. It's doubt and unbelief. Another thing is, is static. All the... Sports radio or, or just whatever. Static that just clutters up our hearing. But he says we can hear him. And so I'm starting to notice that I'm hearing things. I'm starting to pick up things a lot quicker. Last week, uh, I was privileged to take a team to some healing ministry training in Tulsa. And then they, they go through the training. And at the end, they say, okay, we're going to demonstrate. We're going to do this. And so we get, you know, someone who he finds out people who have needs, who have real needs, not just made up stuff, real needs. And then they get up front, and then he puts a team around them. So I was on one of the teams. And so I just begin to. And I've been praying in, in tongues a lot. I do it. It's becoming habitual. And I want that to be a habit. I want to be addicted to it. And I, like I told you before, <laughs> where I'll be doing it so often, I forget where I'm at sometimes. I'll be like, I remember I was in the Conoco one time, and I'm just praying in tongues, not paying attention. I walk by somebody, and it, it startled me because I, oops. You know, they might think I'm crazy, and I thought, I really thought, oh, they might think I'm African, so it doesn't matter. Think I'm just speaking in my own native tongue. But anyway, so I have been doing this a lot, and then this, so I'm up praying with, for this lady, me and these other two people are praying for this lady, and just... Lord, what do you want to do? And we don't ask her. Well, that she has some kind of a physical problem, acid reflux, some kind of situation. But what we do is we say, Lord, what do you want to do? What are you saying? So we listen. And then, of course, you start getting thoughts and everything. It's like, is that God? Is that me? Is that God? Is that me? Is that the devil? And then you have this battle. 
And I believe praying in tongues helps to clear out the clutter, helps you to become more sensitive to what he's saying. So I started listening. Well, then you've got to step out and, okay, if this is God, if it's not God, then I'm going to sound like an idiot or a fool or it's going to be dumb or whatever. So I started sharing things with this lady. Then, of course, the tears start coming. There's a reaction. You know, and you're thinking, oh, cool, effective ministry. You know, she's crying. It could be my breath smells bad and she's offended. I'm sorry, that was just a joke, bad joke. Anyway, so as, as we're praying, the Holy Spirit starts showing me things. And I remember at the end, and the different team members are getting things, and it's really cool. This lady's just, obviously the ministry is, is effective. Well, then after we finish, then um, at one point at, towards the end, I told the lady in front of me, I just felt like God wanted to give this woman a hug. I mean, just like the love of God just wanted to just grab her and hug her. And I felt that so strong. And I looked, I had the made eye contact with the other team member, and I said, you're supposed to give her a hug. So she embraced this woman. And then the lady just lost it. She just started boohooing and everything. So anyway, we finish ministering. We sit down. And then uh, everybody else sits down. And then the, the leader of the group, he says, uh, any of you who are ministered to you want to share testimony? They didn't God do anything. And then the lady who we prayed for first wanted to raise her hand. And she was sharing. She was a Christian. And she was sharing about her physical challenge and everything. And she said, you know, I really been praying and asking God for a greater revelation and understanding of the love of God as my father. And she said, I, you know, as you guys were praying for me, I started seeing myself as a little girl with pigtails. Now, this is a grown woman. She's saying it's pigtails. And she was sharing some other things. And then she said at the end, she said, I felt like God just wanted to give me a big hug. That's what she was saying. And, that, and then she said, and then CJ, she pointed at me and said, CJ told this lady to give me a big hug. See the connection. See, obviously, I had no idea what was going on. The Holy Spirit knew what was going on. And he was ministering to this lady through people listening, saying, what do you want to do, Lord? What are you saying? And then we say what he's saying. Didn't that sound familiar? Jesus says, I only say the things I hear my father saying. Sound familiar? And so as we listen to him and we say what he's saying and do what he's doing, then the ministry is going to be more effective. You know what I'm saying? I remember one time uh, a practical thing that I believe helped Lisa. Well, I know it did benefit her. I'm out on my tractor and, and cutting my grass, weed eating my lawn and cutting my grass is one of my favorite times. And it dawned on me why is because it takes me a good four, five hours to do the whole thing. If I do it all in one day. And I'm on the tractor or weed eating and I'm constantly praying in tongues. Over and over. And see, the thing is, is the tractor's so loud. I can shout, I can, I can pray loud and not have to worry about the horses or whatever being offended by so I pray over and over and over and over. And so what's happening? I'm being edified. I'm being built up. Well, one time I'm on my tractor, you know, just tearing it up in tongues. And all of a sudden, Lisa gets my attention. She waves at me. I kill the engine, pull over. And she said, I lost my wedding ring. Remember that? I lost my wedding ring. My first thought, woman, you know how much I paid for that thing? <laughs> that was my first thought. That's not what I said. My first thought. And I knew it bothered her because she likes her wedding ring. And so, and I look, <laughs> I look in the front yard and I see my sons and we had some company over and they're all looking for the ring. And, it, and the funny thing was, see, we have a chicken coop in the backyard. And I look in the front yard and it looks like chickens. <laughs> they're all looking. Anyway, 
has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Anyway, so she, I said, okay. And, and so she goes and off to look for it. And I said, Lord, would you show me where it's at? Now, I had been, built up, been building myself up. My faith level. Now, I didn't realize this at the time. Looking back on it, so my faith level is higher. I said, Lord, would you show me where it's at? I started having these thoughts. It can be really difficult to find this thing because, you know, Little Ring, we live on acreage. From where she was, from the front yard to the backyard, we're talking an acre or two. I mean, so it could be anywhere. And she said she was feeding the chickens, doing this and this, and then she lost it, whatever. I'm thinking, hmm. And I had this thought, I'm not going to be able to find this. My eyes are just going to have to land on it. Just going to have to happen to land on it. So I go in the front yard, and I'm looking around the water where she had got some water and everything. I said, it's not up here. So I started walking back to the chicken area, the chicken coop. And I looked, and I was trying to let my eyes land, (laughs) just land somewhere. And it wasn't happening. So I went there and went inside the house, looked around, didn't see anything. I went and was closing the gate. And as I was latching the gate, I was having a hard time getting it. As I was latching it, I was looking at the latch. All of a sudden, my eyes fell on something about five feet away. And I went over looked at it, and it was her wedding ring. Found it just like that. It took me less than five minutes to find it. And it just dawned on me the other day what had happened. I've been praying in the Spirit for hours. And all of a sudden I said, Lord, would you show me where it's at? Doesn't the Holy Spirit know where it's at? He didn't say, hold on a second, let me get the angels to find it for me, then I'll get back to you. Oh, he said, yeah, I'll show you where it's at. But we disqualify ourselves because, oh, we can't find it because I don't know where it's at. And like you lose your keys, the Holy Spirit knows where they're at. He knows exactly where they're at. One time it freaked me out because I, I, you, know, you ever been in a situation where you're not late yet, but you're going to be late if you don't leave within the next 30 seconds? You ever been in one of those situations? Well, I was approaching the threshold of, I can't find my keys. Like, oh no, if I don't leave now, I said, Lord, I don't know where my keys are. Can you tell me where they're at? He said, yeah, they're right in the bathroom under that magazine under, on that shelf. He just told me specifically, boom, 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 boom. And then it was so clear, then I was scared to go look. So then what do you do? You look somewhere else. <laughs> say, maybe it's over here, maybe it's over there. So, okay, I'll go check. And it was, I left the magazine, it was right there. Right there we said, of course, that freaks you out because it's like, woo, God talked to me and all this kind of stuff. And we get so freaked out when he does talk to us because we doubt that he wants to talk to us, that he will talk to us. But anyway, so one benefit of praying in tongues is I believe it helps our spiritual, spiritual sensitivity to increase. We build our faith up. We build ourselves up to receive what it is he has for us to receive. Moving on. Actually, I want to I ask you a question on this because I've been wondering about this. How many of you have heard these scriptures, you know, praying in tongues, you build yourself up. Praying in tongues, you build your faith up. You know, and, and we've heard that. And so when we're encouraged to build your faith up, build yourself up, hear it over. Say, how? How does that happen? Why does that happen? Why? Why does that happen? Look over in verse, verse 2. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 14. And this is a new understanding that I'm starting to understand. I'm starting to learn about, but I've just begun to move into it. And this encourages me to want to pray in tongues even more than I ever have before. Verse 2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. No one understands him, but to, he's speaking to God. And however, in the Spirit he's speaking mysteries. 
mysteries, mysteries. Over in um, Mark chapter, if you're writing notes, you might write this down. Mark chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he, Jesus said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me ask you this question. They say that, you know, as far as our brains, we all have a brain. I hope, right? Everybody have a brain? Raise your hand if you have a brain. Okay, we all have a brain. How much, what percentage do they say we use? About 10%, right? Now, some exceptional people may use 15% or something like that. I'm not sure. But they say on average we use 10% of our brains, right? So if we have 100% of a brain and we only use 10% of it, then there's a whole bunch that, that we're not even touching. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But that is added, start over. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Stop. That's where everybody stops right there. It has entered into man the things that God has prepared for them. But it doesn't stop right there. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. There are things that God has prepared for those that love him. How many of you love God? There are things that God has prepared for you because you love God. There are wonderful things. Remember, Jesus said uh, the mysteries of the kingdom are for you to know. Mysteries of the kingdom. Okay, verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We have received the Spirit of God so that we would know the things given to us by God. Are you with me on that so far? We've been given the Spirit of God so that we would know the, free, the things freely given to us from God. Verse 13. These things as we also speak, not in words which man's, excuse me. These things we also speak. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but with the whole, which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Our natural man has a hard time understanding. Our natural understanding, our reasoning, has a hard time accepting and believing the things of God. It doesn't make sense. That's one reason why tongues are so hard. Salvation, we can begin to grasp. Okay, my sins are forgiven. I'm going to heaven when I die, not hell. Okay, I can grasp that. This tongues thing, we have a, a, a shutdown, a breakdown. Verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but... We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Do you think Jesus only uses 10% of his mind? Do you? Probably not. Now, there's nowhere in the Bible that says Jesus uses 100% of his mind. But we probably can speculate confidently that he uses his whole brain, his whole mind. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. 
the mind of Christ. The Bible says that he who prays in tongues does not speak to man but to God. And in his spirit he speaks mysteries. Jesus says the mysteries are for my children. I'm starting to paraphrase. The mysteries of the kingdom for my children. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1.26. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, verse 26, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of his of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, how many of you have heard that verse before? Christ in you, the hope of glory. And see, I think like I've done, many of us, we limit that to mean Jesus is in my heart. I'm a Christian now. It's like we limit it to mean, okay, I know I, I accepted Jesus in my heart. So it's like we have this, this G.I. Joe-sized Jesus inside of me in my heart, and I'm a saved, and I'm going to heaven. But this mystery, it's a huge mystery, and it's bigger than what we even understand. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. In other words, the king of the universe is in you. We have the mind of Christ. He has given us his Holy Spirit so that we may understand the things that he has freely given us. When you speak in tongues, you are not speaking to men, but to God, mysteries. You are speaking mysteries. Let me ask you this. When you're speaking mysteries in spirit, when you're praying in tongues, you're speaking mysteries of God. Is that is God up there saying, wow, wow, I, keep, wow, I didn't know that. Wow. Thanks for sharing that with me. Wow, I keep praying in tongues. Are we praying in tongues so that God understands mysteries that he doesn't know and he needs us to pray in you think that's how it works? Who do you think is benefiting from speaking mysteries to God? Turn to one more place. Romans chapter 8. I'm sorry I'm going so fast. I'm trying to get this out. And I'm already running out of time. Probably going to have to continue. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit capital S, Holy Spirit, also helps in our weaknesses. For we, don't, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession, intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He's making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now putting all this stuff together, I believe when we pray in tongues, the Bible says we're speaking mysteries. We don't, in our natural understanding, we don't understand what we're praying, what's going on. But here's what I believe we can accept by faith. As we begin to pray in tongues, pray in our spirit, we're speaking mysteries. We're speaking the direct, specific, perfect will of God for our lives. We're declaring the mysteries of God in our spirit. And see, our spirit, we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body, right? You with me on that? It's our spirit that got saved instantly. The moment we accept that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, boom, our spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in our spirit. So our spirit man is energized, connected. Boom, he's alive. So it's him that is speaking in tongues, speaking the mysteries of God. So as we yield to that and pray in our spirit man, it begins to affect, affect our soul and it begins to affect our body. It's like it starts on the inside and begins to work its way out. 
And like I was saying, as I've been praying in tongues, 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 a lot and lot. Like, this didn't make any difference. I'm not seeing anything change. And so I quit. Give up. I mean, how many times have we fallen into that trap? I'm not seeing any change. It's not going to make any difference. So I'm going to quit. But we keep praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. All of a sudden, boom, I'm hearing this. Boom, I'm hearing this. Boom. It's like, wow, what's going on? Things are changing. Things are changing. I believe we are speaking the mysteries of God. Our spirit man is understanding. Our natural mind is not understanding. But it's like our spirit man is trying to help our soul line up with the purpose of God. And so it's like the more we pray in tongues, it's like we're yielding ourselves to him. It's like we're, we're starting to turn, turn, turn towards him. Turn towards him. And as we're praying, we don't know how, how to pray. How many times have you prayed about if someone says, could you please pray for? And then so we start praying with our natural understanding. Oh, God, would you help sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. But the Holy Spirit knows how we ought to pray. So we begin to pray in tongues. Begin to speak in tongues, praying, letting him pray through us the perfect will of God for that situation. And a lot of times I've been praying in tongues and all of a sudden I just get energized and know how to pray and begin to pray for the specific situation. One time we were praying, me and some people were praying for a person. We're praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. The Lord said the spirit of death is on her. Break that. We begin to break that spirit of death. And then you come to find out later that they had, you know, thoughts of suicide, wanted to commit suicide, all that kind of stuff. But they didn't tell you that, of course. And there's a whole bunch more of the benefits that I didn't get to yet. But I just want to encourage you, saints. That he's given this gift for us. Here's something I would encourage you to do, an experiment. And maybe those of you who are, are uh, what do you call it, uh, journal, journalers. If you have the gift of speaking in tongues, you have your prayer language, just begin to do it. Set aside time during the day when you have your quiet time, pray in tongues. When you're going to work, when you're by yourself, if you, uh, wherever you're at by yourself, just pray in tongues, 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 pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Just begin to note if you notice any differences. If you begin to hear God, you feel like God's saying things to you. Because one thing's going to happen. Those of you who have a prophetic gift or have other gifts, they're going to begin to start to light up. Become more sensitive. going to become more accurate. And you're going to start seeing things, feeling things, hearing things. Maybe a desire in you begins to increase. I want to pray for that person. For healing. As you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. We'll save that for next time. Can I ask the prayer team to come up, please? <clears throat> you ever get excited about something that you don't really fully understand yet? You're just all giddy and all happy and all excited and try to tell your friends and it just didn't come out right. Or you just feel like you're overwhelming or whatever. That's how I feel. I'm just so excited about this. And I've been spirit-filled. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit three days after I got saved back in uh, 85. But I'm starting to come into a greater understanding of this than I ever have all these years. And I'm more excited. I'm almost, almost like 
a kid with candy. Ooh, I get to eat this candy. This is fun. And there's just this new giddiness, this new excitement, this new joy, because I know something's happening. See, before I was hoping, I sure hope this is making a difference. And so I give my eye, praying in tongues. Praying. See, now I know something is happening. I don't know what necessarily, but I know it has something to do with this kingdom. And that excites me. And sometimes I get to see the benefits. Sometimes I don't. And so I want to ask you to, uh, today or, or give an invitation. If you have any prayer needs for anything, we're going to dismiss in a minute. And if you have need for anything, whether it's physical healing or physical illness or, or um, emotional, whatever, or you want to receive your prayer language, whatever the case is, we want to invite you to come up to receive prayer. Okay? And, and if any of you are still struggling in this area, you desire this, but it's, it's hard, just say, Holy Spirit, help me to understand. Help me. This isn't something I'm trying to talk you into and say, you're going to be a better Christian. You need to get this. That is not the heart of God. I don't believe at all. But it's like, oh, guys, look what we get. Look what we get. It's an excitement. It's like, look at this. this look what we get. I want to share it with everybody. So let's all stand together.